All right, what is shaking, everybody? Uh, this episode of the Golf Guide podcast is proudly presented by GolfGuide.net. Uh, in case you have been living under a rock the last 30 years, GolfGuide.net is a website. Yes, it is a website. Uh, you can save you know money on greens fees. You can search for golf courses using all kinds of crazy uh, you know, search thing. You can search for golf courses by architect, difficulty, all that good stuff. Uh, and you can also, you know, sign up for events like the couple coming up later this year to Gamble Sands and Bandon Dunes. Um, generally speaking, just a very positive uh, place to visit on the internet. You know, not not a whole lot, uh, uh, not a whole lot of negativity or really any kind of unpositive things going on at GolfGuide.net. So I would encourage you guys to visit the website, check it out. Um, if you really like to play destination golf, come join us at Gamble Sands or Bandit Dunes later this year. Um, if you don't, then hey, maybe it'll help you find a good place, uh, a good course close to your house. So either way, golfguide.net is the website. Check it out. And uh, that is that. So let's get to the podcast. Uh, quick little news uh, guy for you this week. I'm coming uh, a little late. <laughs> We're recording this on Wednesday, July 31st. Um, so yeah, let's get to the, uh, without any further delay, another episode of the golf guide podcast, everybody. Yes. Oh, oh man. After a few days of, uh, of trying to get this podcast done and uh, with, with, with no results, it is very, very nice to be back with each and every one of you. Um, in case you, this is your first podcast, my name is Kyle Serlo. I am the host here at the Golf Guide Podcast. And uh, man, uh, you know, sports in general are a little bit of a slow, a little bit of a lull right now. Even though the PGA Tour and uh, is heading into the home stretch with the Wyndham Championship coming up this year and then the FedEx Cup playoffs and you know, we just had the Senior British Open this past weekend. The Women's British Open is set to take place uh, this upcoming weekend. So the golf world is certainly not in a lull, but, uh, you know, basketball is now firmly into the offseason. I, I think it's almost been, shoot, weeks since uh, that little red uh, red box came across the bottom of your ESPN screen with a, with a trade alert or a, a free agent signing alert. Um, the baseball trade deadline is coming up, but you know, has hasn't been a lot of stuff uh, at the time of this of this recording. There's not been a lot of stuff going on. So, golf, you know, th- those of us that love golf, we this is right in our prime time. We get all the spotlight, um, which is pretty darn awesome. There, there's a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, I'll briefly touch on what happened this past weekend. Um, you know, Brooks Kepka obviously wins the WGC FedEx uh, down in Memphis. Uh, he made headlines by, you know, letting everybody know that he showed up to his final round just 45 minutes before his final tee time, which personally, I, not only do I think it's great, but I think it's probably still, I mean, this is probably still a little too much time. I mean, I like to get to the golf course, uh, roll two putts, order a double Bloody Mary and uh, head to the first tee and just and work everything out from there. Um, now, granted, I, I don't have any major championships to my name, but, uh, you know, if Brooks Kepka is much better at golf than I am, so I can't imagine that routine would really be too much of a detriment to that gentleman. Um, you know, he, he did say, which I thought was really interesting, is like, listen, I, I don't need to get to the golf course that early. I've been playing a ton of golf. You know, I've played at least 18 holes each of the past three days. Uh, you know, I'm a pro. I practice all the time. Um, I'm not nervous, so, I, you know, why would I just sit around the golf course if there's a possibility it might just make me nervous? It's just, just what you do, and again... Brooks Kepka, despite being 
well, for the lack of a better term, uh, not a gentleman to look up to uh, in terms of personality. Uh, he, that dude is dry, and uh, in all honesty, he's he's not very funny. Is <laughs> he just doesn't really have a whole lot of? He's not a captivating dude. Is probably the best way to say it, at least from a personality standpoint. The golf is wildly captivating and very very impressive. And I, again, I, this may be the third time I've said this on a podcast this year, but it it's almost a year ago now where I came on this podcast after the PGA Championship in 2018 talking about how I just didn't understand why people liked Brooks Kepka. I, I just, you know, the golf I understood, but his personality, I just found it to be so boring and just like, ah, this guy's just kind of an, just kind of an asshole. Um, admittedly, a 180. I'm taking a total 180. And not because I think he's become a charismatic dude, but because he just keeps it so fucking real. <laughs> I mean, and that that in itself um, is refreshing, not just in golf, man, but in sports in general. Um, you, you know, you see players in the NBA, you know, having been more empowered now than ever before. They're starting to speak their mind a little bit more um, than athletes in years past. But Brooks Kepka, uh, he is using his platform as the best player on the planet right now to really just let it fly. I mean, he he is not shy about letting people, I mean, with the JB Holmes stuff last week and now just being like, yeah, I'm fucking better than pretty much everybody. So I show up 45 minutes more on tea time and I still win because I'm better. And it's just like, you know what? Respect, bro. I, 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 I think that is pretty awesome. So um, anyway, Brooks Kepka with his 45 minute uh, showing up at the course before the final round routine wins. Um, so good for Brooks. Um, you know, th- th- this is could really could compromise Jess and I's uh, you know, bet on what percentage of his victories are, are regular PGA Tour events. However, uh, Jess did text me, you know, with an asterisk saying, technically not a regular PGA Tour event. This is a WGC. So, they, they, thank goodness he did remind, you know, he reminded me of that. Because now, you know, Brooks still searching for his first regular season PGA Tournament in quite some time. I think since the CJ Cup in Korea, if that could even be considered a regular PGA Tour event. So, um, anyway, good for Brooks. Um, on another professional note, Bernard Langer uh, wins the Senior Open Championship this past weekend with a excellent final round coming from a few strokes back to win at Royal Lytham in St. Anne's. Um, not really a whole lot else to say other than Bernard Langer is a excellent golfer for an older gentleman. <laughs> Guy is just steady Eddie. Um, very, very impressive for Bernard Langer, so good for him. Um, and then that means, you know, coming up here, like I said, the Women's British Open is going to be coming up this weekend. Uh, the Wyndham Championship is coming up this weekend, the last chance to grab points and, you know, for guys to qualify and try to get into the FedEx Cup playoffs. So that should be uh, pretty exciting. Admittedly, I will not be watching probably any of the Wyndham Championship this weekend. Uh, yours truly is actually going to be taking off for a flight to the Far East uh, tomorrow while I'll be spending the next couple of weeks. So, uh, the uh, ensuing podcasts after this one will all be recorded uh, from beautiful, sunny, muggy Seoul, South Korea. So looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, we won't be watching the Wyndham Championship. And because of where I'm going to be, it's going to be tough for me to be watching too much golf. Um, but I will certainly be keeping my eye on everything. Um, but the one thing I really have been keeping my eye on, and that is the main story for this podcast, is, you know, that there, there appears there may be some changes taking place to the golf course scene on the Monterey Peninsula, which in itself seems pretty crazy because it's hard to believe there's going to be any new golf courses built on that peninsula. It is pretty much tapped out. There, There's enough golf there to satisfy pretty much everybody. Now, granted, 
a lot of people cannot afford to go play golf on the Monterey Peninsula, at least inside 17-mile drive. Um, but lo and behold, there are some changes taking place. Now, granted, there is not going to be any you know, new construction in the sense where there's going to be golf courses built where there were not golf courses previously. However, um, you know, any any decent, this is some pretty decent-sized news for the home of West Coast golf. Uh, certainly the one place on the West Coast that everybody around the world um, would probably identify as the hub of West Coast golf, given, you know, you've got a PGA tournament there every year at Pebble Beach. You know, you get majors uh, cycled in and out of there with Pebble Beach this last year. Um, I, I, what four golf courses or five golf courses inside the U.S. top uh, top 100, all just in like a little couple square mile radius. What Cypress, Pebbles, Byglass, uh, Spanish Bay is up there with the public course rankings, as is Poppy Hills, Monterey Peninsula Country Club. I mean, it's just it is a mecca of West Coast golf. And one thing that I always found to be pretty interesting was for how much golf there is there, and especially how much tourism golf there is there. I mean, it, it is crazy. When you walk into that Pebble Beach golf shop, you are going to hear accents from all over the world. And it's people just showing up in the afternoons. They're in Monterey on some sort of a vacation, either with their family or their friends. They're road tripping up the West Coast. And they're like, you know what? This is Pebble Beach. Let's stop in and get a tea time. You know, they come in the afternoon. They wait in line. If they have an opening in the afternoon, they plop down their plastic. They pay their five fifty, and they walk out to the first tee. Uh, and it's just a really interesting dynamic. And there's so much international play at Pebble Beach. Well, the one thing that I always found to be interesting and a little puzzling was that the Peter Hay golf course at Pebble Beach was the only par three course in all of like the Monterey, not just the Monterey Peninsula, but really the kind of Monterey area at large. There's just not that many par three courses, which again, for somewhere that's as tourist centric as Pebble Beach and Monterey seemed wild because that's the kind of place that, you know, people are going to take with their families. They're coming in from out of town. They want to go play quote-unquote Monterey golf but you know they obviously don't want to kick down thousands of dollars for the family to go play and so a par three course is the perfect way to satisfy you know that 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 need for everybody and for many many years the Peter Hay course uh, at Pebble Beach served that purpose Um, it you know as it was uh, the Peter Hay course was a lot of fun we we had it ranked inside of the top 10 par three courses on the west coast uh, in this year's Pacific Coast Golf Guide magazine and, you know, granted, it was not 100% based on the merits of just the golf course itself. It was a confluence of factors um, with it being at Pebble Beach, views of the ocean, just kind of the, the vibe that you get when you set, you know, you're on the property at Pebble Beach. I mean, all those things did factor into um, our decision to put that into the top 10. And I, hey, I still think it's completely justified. It was a really fun little par three course um, in a beautiful setting with all kinds of history and a really awesome special vibe. Um but the Peter Hay, Peter Hay Golf Course, as it was, is no more. Um, I was down in Monterey uh, a couple of weekends ago um, doing some work stuff and some personal stuff. And when I got to the Peter Hay Golf Course um, to deliver some magazines to Pebble Beach and check in with some contacts, um, I noticed that you know there was a sign saying it was closed until further notice. Um, and on top of that, the golf course was basically destroyed. Um, now every, every year for the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, they certainly do close down the Peter Hay golf course and they put tents and some other stuff and some walking trails down through it to get, uh, players and spectators from the driver range area down to the golf course. So it's the Peter Hay golf course shuts down every year for the Pro-Am. And that was no different for the U S open this past year. However, 
I think they put far more tents and other things on the Peter Hay golf course this year because when I got there, not only was a golf course closed, um, it was leveled. And and and, I, and when I, by leveled, I mean there dozers had gone in there, taken out more than half of the golf course, especially the upper half of the golf course, and with a bulldozer had you know flattened it out perfectly flat to make you know basically to accommodate all these tents they had built there, which means. If the Peter Hay golf course is going to open back up, it's going to require construction and rebuilding the golf course. Well, after talking to some sources uh, down in Monterey, I have found out that that is in fact the case. However, they are not going to be rebuilding the Peter Hay golf course as it was. So, um, per sources, basically what is going to happen, and honestly, this is really, really exciting. Um after this year's Concourse d'Elegance, which is the huge car show that takes place at Pebble Beach each and every fall, it's a massive, massive event. If you're unfamiliar with it, I encourage you to Google it or, or look it up on the internet. It's this wild car show that brings really just people from all over the world um, to Pebble Beach. And it's a really, really big deal. I, I, I know several people whose jobs uh, are just working for the Concourse d'Elegance you know, uh, event. You know, they're working on that year-round um, for this, you know, several-day event that takes place at Pebble Beach. Um, but after the Concourse d'Elegance, the Pebble Beach company uh, is planning on then rebuilding the Peter Hay Par 3 golf course. But rather than implement the design that existed there previously, they are going to be constructing a new 9-hole Par 3 course that, wait for it, is going to have elements of Pebble Beach's golf course in it. And by that, I mean they are planning on replicating many of the most famous greens at Pebble Beach on this par 3 course. So that means when you go play Peter Hay after this thing reopens, you actually might get to go play a small, um, granted it won't be to scale, but a, a smaller version of the Hourglass Green at 17. You know, the, 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 the property of Peter Hay features a pretty... A uh, fun little dramatic downhill portion of where, you know what? Maybe they're going to go ahead and recreate the tee shot and the green at number seven, right out there on the cove. Um, it is really, really fascinating. The gentleman I was talking to was was kind of letting me know this, and it, my mind just started to go crazy thinking about all of the wildly fun golf shots that uh, you know, people are going to be able to hit at Peter Hay. You know, you don't want to flip the bill for 550 bucks at Pebble Beach, but you know what? Would it be kind of cool to sort of hit that tee shot on seven, kind of down the little green with the ocean off to the right, or you know, try to see if you can make a putt from the front half of that hourglass green on 17 to the back? Um, it seems that if you get to go play Peter Hay after this reconstruction uh, is finished, you actually may have an opportunity to do just that, which in itself is really, really exciting. Um, I, I just think it's absolutely fantastic. If this is something that does end up coming to fruition, uh, again, I was not able to get confirmation uh, from the Pebble Beach company about this, um, but it it would stand to reason that, I mean, this 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 seems to me like a slam dunk. This seems like I, I can't possibly conceive any <laughs> anything negative from implementing a plan like this. I, I think it's an absolutely no-brainer, uh, and it would be a winner from the second... The second it, you know, the ribbon gets cut and it opens its doors to the public, I, I think it would be a smash hit. Um, and I'm really looking forward to see, or at least to seeing how this shakes out. Um, as I get more updates uh, on everything, I will certainly make sure that I pass those along to you. Um, 
again, just be really, really exciting, really cool, man. I mean, can you imagine getting out there and just... And now, what would be really awesome is that they somehow found a way to implement the coolest holes from all over the Monterey Peninsula, not just Pebble Beach, because as I was mentioning before, there's such a wealth of world-class golf all over the Monterey Peninsula. You know, maybe... <laughs> Maybe they start trying to recreate some greens from some of their other courses as well. Like maybe they go back and uh, they do the third green or the third hole at Spyglass Hill, that downhill one in the dunes. Maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe they try to rebuild a green complex for number three at Cypress Point with all those beautiful bunkering. Um, yeah, I, honestly, I, I don't totally know. I mean, it, it, the possibilities are endless. Um, and I, it is Pebble Beach, so I would expect they're going to do a really, really good job. But uh, again, I don't know all of the details, but as soon as I get those, I will make sure to pass them along to you. Um, and yeah, that, that, that's what I got for today, everybody. Um, again, it, exciting stuff. We'll monitor that Pebble Beach situation as it gets closer. Uh, all, all the professional golf going on this weekend should be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it's just exciting, exciting stuff going on in the world of uh, professional golf and Northern California golf right now as well. Uh, as I mentioned the podcast, I am heading off to Korea tomorrow. I am going to be trying to play four rounds of screen golf each and every week that I am out in the Orient. I, I, I cannot wait. Uh, the screen golf scene in Korea is insane. Uh, last time I checked, I think it was well over 2,000 screen golf facilities just in the city of Seoul alone. Um, so I, I am ready to get after it. I'm sure by the time I return, my putting will be just a huge heaping steaming pile of shit because granted the screen golf putting is not as uh why do i say it does not favor or reward people that are actually good putters in real life <laughs> considering you got to manually aim everything everywhere but uh hopefully that does not put me in too bad a shape I, I did have a really great uh uh weekend here I, I can't believe i didn't leave the show with this but you know my golf game has really been a has been terrible. I mean, just to not to sugarcoat it, but it's just it's been bad the last couple of months. And uh, I kind of got things back on track this past weekend. I met up with my buddies Kevin Spence, uh, our two good uh, college roommate, you know, college buddies of mine. Um, you know, both of them come to Bannon Dunes with me almost every single year. Kev uh, had a family thing last year, so he wasn't able to make it. But um, we decided to go out and play 36 holes on Saturday and 18 on Sunday in Sacramento, where. It was a lovely 107 on Saturday and 109 on Sunday. Um, on Saturday, you know, after... Whoa. Now that I'm here recording this podcast, I'm actually realizing that I have no idea how many cocktails and beers that I had on Saturday because there may or may not have been portions of Saturday that I don't really recollect all that clearly. Uh, it may have been a combination of the booze and the heat and the exhaustion um, uh, but anyways, we, we got after it on Saturday, um, and then, uh, went back out on Sunday, uh, hurting, uh, and played a, a much more sober round of golf on Sunday, but to get back on track, you know, I, I shot an 80 in the morning on Saturday and I shot a 79 in the morning on Sunday. So my game is feeling pretty good. Um, but now I'm going to go and not play golf for almost a month and, uh, just try to use screen golf as a way to keep my swing feeling at least a little bit fresh. So, um, yeah, that's what's going on with me. I hope everything is going on with you. If you guys happen to be in Seoul and you want to play some screen golf the next couple weeks, get at me, at Kyle Serlo on Twitter. Uh, I check my Twitter account at least once every three months, so if I happen to do it in the next couple of weeks, 
I got you. I absolutely got you. Um, other than that, everybody, I, I thank you very, very much for listening. It's really awesome uh, that you guys support the show with your ears. Uh, another way you can support the show is to leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. Uh, the more reviews and the ratings that we get on iTunes, the more people find this podcast, the more people that find this podcast, the more people that listen to this podcast. Um, whether that's a good thing or not, I'm going to leave that one up to you. Um, but any, anytime somebody leaves us a review or a rating, it's very, very much appreciated. So uh, with that, I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend, a wonderful rest of your week. I will be back next uh, next episode, uh, recording hopefully on Monday or Tuesday from Seoul, South Korea. So until then, have a great weekend. Happy hitting. And adios, my friends. Mm-hmm.